This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. I need prayer. Uh, go to the book of Isaiah chapter 45. The book of Isaiah chapter 45. I want to speak to some of you, uh, amen, and, and, and y'all pray for me today because um, the enemy has been really trying. Let me see the hands of those of you who really pray for your pastor, who really pray for him. I've been under severe attack uh, lately in my body, uh, and it's not because of my traveling. It's because of my assignment. And when people don't understand your assignment, they pick natural things to explain or try to give excuse as to why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Oh, Pastor, you're doing a lot. You preach a lot. You fly it. No, that's not why it is. It's because of my assignment. People will never understand your attack if they don't understand your assignment. I just preached and somebody missed it. Look at your neighbor and say, they will never understand your attack if they don't understand your assignment. I'm on, a, I'm on a divine mandate. I'm on a divine assignment before the Lord. Amen. And my body's just been under attack. Uh, but the, the, uh, I was, uh, I one day just broke out with chills and had a fever of 103, uh, and just, just had a headache and a migraine like I've never had in my life. Uh, but, uh, thank God came over that, came through that. And I was in prayer this week and, uh, I said, Lord, what's really going on? He said, I'm assigning you to pull somebody out of the, where they are. He said, somebody's gotten stuck in a place that I wanted to bring them through. They got stuck in the middle of it, and I'm assigning you to go get them and pull them out of it. And so the enemy realizes that if I watch this, if I am stopped or hindered, or if I'm under attack, I can't pull you out of where I came to pull you out from. Somebody look at your neighbor and said, I come to get out. I come to get out. And so I, I've got an anointing to really pull you out. And I want to speak to some areas of your life today. And I want to give definition and I want to give explanation to why you are where you are in your walk with God. Amen. Does anybody in this room just have some questions about where they are and why they're dealing with what they're dealing with? Amen. I've, I've been in God's face and I come to give some answers and some definition to that. And the Lord says that he's going to reveal some secrets to you. Now, only for those of you who are listening, if you just came the church to spectate and, and just look around you, you're going to miss something but those of you who come with your ear your ear pressed against the mouth of God the Lord's going to speak to you to give definition as to why you have been battling what you've been battling and dealing what you're dealing with oh y'all better get ready daddy's home today you're going to get some definition as to why you've been in it and God is going to give you release from that place are y'all ready to be released so I come to pull somebody out today. Amen. Isaiah chapter 45. So I want you to read this and I want you to receive this prophetically. I want you to get this. Amen. Because Alyssa, I believe it's talking to some of us. So receive this from the word of the Lord. Isaiah 45 verse number one. It says, thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaven gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Somebody missed it. And the gates shall not be shut. Lean on somebody's shoulder and said, everything that's been closed this year, God's about to open up the gates. The gates will not be shut. The gates, I need you prophetic people to receive it prophetically. Receive it prophetically. Come on, tell somebody the gates will not be shut. Look at verse 2. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. <laughs> My God. The end of this year, God about to straighten it all out. Somebody say, straighten it out, God. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. He about to straighten out your money. He about to straighten out financial predicaments. He's about to straighten out job situations. Somebody holler like your preacher and say, straighten it out, God. I will break in pieces the gates of brass. Everything that's been blocking you, he's going to break it in pieces. And cut in sunder the bars of iron. 
which means Alric, there was no, there's nothing that will hinder God. Uh, there's nothing that will stop God. There will no, there's nothing that can block God. He's going to cut into the bars of iron. Verse 3, this is the part where I want to go. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness. Wow. And hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I the Lord which call you by your name I am the God of Israel verse number 3 that's that verse of emphasis and I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches touch me folks around you says there's some riches that's hidden that's hidden it's hidden in secret places. But God's about to reveal to you the secrets. I mean, come on, move prophetically. He's about to tell you the secrets. That you may know that I, the Lord, which call you by your name, I am the God of Israel. Today, I want to speak to you from verse number three, the treasures of darkness. The treasures of darkness. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there are some treasures in dark places. No, no. Find somebody else and look at them prophetically and say, neighbor, there are some treasures in dark places. Father, in the name of Jesus. Traditionally, when we talk to you, we bow our heads and we close our eyes. Not because we have to do that to talk to you. Because we're trying to get our physical body into the posture of our hearts. We don't want to see in the natural. We want to see in the spirit. So Father, today we ask that you would blind us. That we may walk by faith and not by sight. That we let be led only by what we hear and not what we see. So speak, Lord, until our ears are tuned to your voice. Speak, Lord, until we follow you and only you and no other. Speak, Lord. Speak as a therapist. Speak as a psychiatrist. Speak as a psychologist. Speak as a father. Speak as a mentor. Speak, Father, in this place. Speak to the areas that money can't get to. Speak to the areas that family and friends can't get to. Speak to the areas, God, where no one can touch but you. Speak in those areas. We open up our heart to you. We open up our life to you. We open up our situation to you. We open up our mind and our spirit to you. We want you to speak. Speak to where it hurts. Speak to the areas we don't want to talk about. Speak to the areas that we haven't mentioned to anyone. Speak to the areas that we don't post on social media. Speak to those areas, God. And we will respond in obedience to your word. Oh, God, thank you for your word. In Jesus' very strong name we pray. Somebody say amen. Touch your neighbor and say there are treasures in darkness. For, just for a moment, just for a moment, I got to share this with you and, and, and expound upon you. Hallelujah. Brooklyn, y'all in the house. I, I want to I share with you, there's some things, there's some things that this text has that is very, very remarkable that the Lord has shown to me and revealed to me. And I want to share them with you because uh, many of us have been found in a place that we need to be delivered from. We need to be delivered from. How many of you understand that deliverance always does not occur by a self-motivated or a individual movement of oneself, but at times deliverance occurs by God sending a deliverer? Okay, children of Israel was in Egypt for 400 years and God sent them Moses. 
uh, to deliver them. This is why uh, on the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem, the day that we call passionately Palm Sunday, uh, this is why they was crying Hosanna in the highest. What they were saying was a deliverer has come from heaven. A, a deliverer, someone to save us has come. And there's many deliverance that occurs in our lives. However, we don't always embrace deliverance because we don't always embrace the deliverer. Okay, let me talk like I'm talking. Huh? We don't always embrace the deliverer. So many of us cannot have deliverance because we don't embrace whom God has sent to deliver us out. And so what the enemy does is he works overtime so that you will not trust people. Because when a deliverer comes, you don't have enough confidence in who God has sent. You don't trust them to pull you out or pull you through. You don't trust them because the enemy has worked in your past with issues of distrust. And so now when someone comes in your life that God has sent, you don't, you question them and you look at them very skeptical because you're not sure if they're going to cause further damage in your life. But that's why, hallelujah, for 20 of you that can talk back to me you've got to in this season examine who's in your life and why are they there you're gonna have to examine you're gonna have to examine who's here and why are you here because i need to i need to come through some places there is no temptation that is common to man all of us will be in situations where we need deliverance Every single one of us. Don't look at me with that church face. I said every single one of us will somewhere in our life need deliverance. This is why I can't stand by some righteous, uh, self-righteous church folks. Is they act like they don't need deliverance. But if we really went through a deliverance session and described deliverance and described uh, uh, the bondage and chains and, and stocks. See, sometimes people only think that deliverance comes to those people who look like that little girl on, on, in that movie with her head spinning around in the bed spitting out green vomit. And they think they need an exorcism. And as long as I'm not twitching, I ain't got no devils. And as long as I'm not, you know, ah, screaming and hollering and scratching, I ain't got no demons. But let me tell you, some demons speak in tongues. Y'all got quiet. Some demons shout. Some demons wear collars. Where y'all at today? Some demons go to church every Sunday. Some demons preach. Oh, Lord. Some demons sing. You got to be very, very careful that you don't think that you're not uh, 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 led by demonic or satanic activity just simply because you're not manifesting the way Hollywood say we should manifest. But when you understand spiritual law, there are some of you who have gone into a place watch this where God had designed to take you through it but somewhere in the middle of the tunnel you got stuck and deliverance was while all of us need it and all of us need to go through a process and a session of deliverance we all go through something but it was the design of God to take you through it what happens with our carnality and our perceptions is we got stuck in it let's tell the truth today don't lie on Sunday it's first Sunday we about to take communion don't lie look at your neighbor and said you got stuck in it it was designed for you to go through it, but you got stuck in it. There were certain things you should have visited, but you made it your permanent residence. There were some people that you were supposed to be assigned to for a season, but you watch this, you got stuck with them and now they're there permanently and now you're trying to figure out why am I here why what's going on the way it's going on and the Lord said because I was trying to move you in somewhere you got stuck in but somebody shout stuck no more Okay. So we got to get you unstuck. We got to get you unglued from this place of stagnation, this place of hindrance, this place of, of literal like spiritual quicksand where you were walking and you were progressing. And does anybody ever felt like that? Felt like you were progressing, you were walking, you were moving good in God, but all of a sudden there was a, there was a, a stagnation and you, your feet got stuck. You know, David said my feet almost slipped, but some of you, your feet didn't slip. It literally got stuck. It got stuck and you stopped moving. You felt yourself 
stop moving. You felt yourself stop progressing. You felt your prayer life dwindle. You felt your praise dwindle. You felt your worship dwindle. And you started hollering, there must be more in God. God, I want to cry out deeper for you. I want more of you. And the Lord said, yeah, there is more. More is on the other side of what you should have went through. See, there's a difference between going through and getting stuck. Y'all ever been in a tunnel? Come on, you go through a tunnel. You don't get stuck in a tunnel. When you get stuck in the tunnel, the blessing is on the other side. And the fact that you're not on the other side is one of the most frustrating things. Anybody ever been frustrated? That I'm not on the other side of this tunnel, this thing, and I got stuck in it. And so, and so here in our text, the Lord has, has pulled out to, uh, to me uh, some truth and some revelation that I believe is going to be helpful today. Isaiah right here, chapter 45, he wrote this actually 200 years. He's such a prophet. He wrote this 200 years before the manifestation of it. And he prophesied about King Cyrus. King Cyrus, stay with me for Bible history for 20 minutes, for seven minutes. It is that King Cyrus was the king that God ordained. He was not initially a king that was righteous or that was holy before the Lord, but God anointed him anyway. Particularly, God anointed him to pull down the law and order for the day. Places like Babylon, um, places like Assyria. It was, it was, it was King Cyrus who was used of God to pull down these mighty warriors, these mighty nations, these mighty kingdoms, and he only did it because the Lord anointed him to do it. He only did it because the Lord anointed him to do it. But here's what's crazy, that God anointed a guy who was not originally, quote unquote, on his side. God anointed somebody who looked like was on the other side. Now he he wasn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily the king that was uh, did right before God. He didn't do all of that stuff. He he was a king and he ruled with an iron fist. But the Lord said, "I'm going to anoint you and I'm going to use you." Now it was exciting to read that because it means that God anoints whoever He wants to. I know some of y'all got mad at that because we got a list of who we want God to anoint. We got a list of who, who we want God to use. Matter of fact, some of y'all will only receive prayer and only receive impartation for certain people because we build Christianity on cherry picking. In other words, if it's not so-and-so, I can't receive from you. If it's not this person, I can't get nothing from you. But when God is ready to anoint somebody to do something great, he uses whoever he wants. Some of y'all with a nasty past should have got excited about that and some of y'all that got a record should have got excited about that because it means that God does not not anoint you because people don't like you. He anoints whoever he desires. He uses whoever he wants and what's messing up the church world today is they do not like the fact that God is using who they didn't anoint themselves. He's using who he chose. <laughs> Look at your name and say, don't be mad. Huh? Don't be mad because God didn't anoint who you thought should be anointed. Don't get upset because God didn't use who you thought he should be using. Don't get upset because God didn't call out who you thought he should call out. God does not have to submit his selection to your list of who your specialists are, but he picks whoever he wants. If God want to go get a drug dealer off the street and anoint him and use him for his glory, so be it. Amen to God. And we miss it. We miss our blessing and we miss our impartation because we have conjured up who's anointed. We have conjured up who's gifted. We have conjured up who God is using. But God, and that's why y'all gotta have spiritual eyes in this season. In this season, he's raising up unlikelies. I wish I could talk. He's raising up some X-Men. He's raising up some people who doesn't look like it, who don't have all of the charisma of it. He's raising up some individuals who don't look like the bishop from 1970. He's raising up some trill troopers, some rider dies, some people who say, God, if you just tell me, I'll do it because they don't like me anyway. Cyrus! I'm going to anoint you, which means you can only do this for seven screamers by the anointing. Look at somebody say, I can only do it by the anointing. 
Because God has anointed me, that's how I can do it. Because God has anointed me, that's how I can do it. Because God has anointed me, that's how I can do it. Oh, will the church, let's bring some definition to this. Will the church, once again, go back to biblical definition of the anointing. The anointing is the God enablement, God smearing. That's what the word literally means, to paint you, to smear you in order that you may do something. We have dwindled down the anointing to a jerk and a shake. We have dwindled the anointing to a riff in a song. We have dwindled the anointing to a style of preaching. We have dwindled the anointing to the way somebody looks or the way they dress, the way they hand gyrates, the way they, come on here. That ain't no anointing. That's called Tourette's. Real anointing is when you're able to get something done. Huh? See, that's why I know you are anointed because you can get things done. Anybody can twitch. Anybody can shake. Anybody can look like they're having seizures. But can you look like you can get something done and then actually get it done? Shake somebody's hand like you're going to shake it off and say, get the job done. That's how I know you're anointed because you can get the job done. Anybody can talk about it. But who's going to get it done? He said, you're the Lord's anointed because you're going to get it done. Whose right hand I'm holding. God's holding me by my right hand. The reason why you survived what should have destroyed you is because God's holding you by his, your right hand. Old, old saints used to sing a song, Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. God's got you by your right hand. Do not give yourself credit for what is happening in your life right now. It's happening because God's holding your hand. I give a promise to seven people who would worship God. God says, this time, I'm going to hand walk you through this. This time, I shout out before. There's some mistakes that you've made in the past, and there's some places that you've gone wrong, but God says, in this season, if you would just stay under me and stay with me in, your, in the presence of God, he says, this time, I'm going to take you by the hand and walk you all the way through it. I need somebody to praise him right there because he's going to walk you by hand. You're going to subdue nations before him, Cyrus. You're going to subdue nations. One of those nations was Babylon. And if you know Bible history, Bab the Babylonians were the, the major, major force. They were the major nation. The Babylonians were major people who had major power. Uh, lots of people in Babylon. Uh, lots of influence in Babylon. The culture of the day was shaped by Babylon. Babylon was a major. But he says, I'm going to subdue nations before you, Cyrus, because you are anointed for this. Which means means the one that is influencing culture you're going to influence them can I talk to seven prophetic people in here that means that God's going to make you an influencer of the influencers okay that means that you're going to have the influence Tarek over those who are writing the curriculums for school you're going to have the influence over those who are making the policy who are writing the bills and turn them into law it's not important just to have influence God I want to have influence over the one that has the most influence see you don't have to be the president if you got the president in his ear. Oh, come on, can I talk? You don't have to be the CEO if you got the CEO's ear. And some of you are trying to sit in the CEO's seat. But can I reveal to you the anointing that you got? You're not the CEO. You're the CEO's prophet. And if you can just settle with being the prophet to the CEO, the CEO writes you checks just to tell them what God is saying. The CEO writes you checks just so that you can tell them where should he invest next? Where should he go next? Because it's not so much having the influence if I can just have the ear of the one that has all the influence. You're going to subdue the people who got all the power. You're going to control them. Watch this, Cyrus. And he says, I'm going to loose the loins of the kings. You get to where I'm going. He says, I'm going to make kings respect you. Because I'm going to loose their loins. Literally, to loose your loins, uh, it's, it's what we have today uh, in our modern days. We have a belt. A belt. purpose of our belt, Benaiah, is to keep our pants up. Because if our pants fall, you're going to see our behind. In other words, what God was saying is if I loose the loins of kings, I'm going to show they behind. Okay. <laughs> Which means I'm going to expose kings to you. I'm going to expose them to you. And I'm going to give you authority because you're going to know their private parts. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to I'm going to show and reveal the private parts, the kings to you because they're going to be submitted to you because you've seen their nakedness. There are some people, can I help y'all in this season of what y'all call exposure? There are some people that are not ordained of God because they don't know how to handle the nakedness of the kings. You don't just put the nakedness of kings on Facebook because you got a video. You don't look at y'all looking at me because y'all watched it and liked it and commented on it. But the reality of the matter is you've got to be anointed to handle exposure. Some of y'all are not anointed to handle exposure because you got the spirit of gossip. You got too much gossip on you to handle exposure. So God is exposing the prophets. God is exposing these bishops. God is like, no, 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 no. How in the world did God look over you and go straight to the pulpit and expose the pastor when he ain't exposed when you were smoking crack? He didn't expose, come on here, when you had 14 abortions. He didn't expose you when you got drunk two weeks ago. He didn't expose you, but now he's exposing the bishop. If God can't save the pastor, who can he save? So God looked over your stuff and just exposing everybody else. No, no, no. This stuff is not exposure. It's the spirit of witchcraft that's been birthed by gossip. Ain't exposure. Oh, exposure. oh, it's coming out. It's coming out. Everybody got to be careful because they're coming out. I don't want to be on this show. I don't want to be. Come on, bring me on the show. I wouldn't care if they did. Hallelujah. Because the reality is God doesn't use perfect people anyway. Where did y'all get that from? He doesn't use perfect people anyway. We all jacked up. We all got flaws. We all got issues. We all got something that we got in our life. All of us got a public life, a private life, and a secret life. Don't you? Look at me like that, Brooklyn. We all got something that we never want to expose on the screens of life. You got to be anointed to handle exposure. Everybody can't do that because everyone doesn't know how to handle that. He says, I'm going to expose King's nakedness before you, I'm going to open before you the 11 gates. <laughs> In other words, the levees are about to be open. The flood's about to be loose. How you going to take over it, Cyrus? Because Babylon's too strong. God said that he's going to open the levee gates. The levee's about to be broken, and the gates are about to be open. And when the levee gates open, the flood begins to pour out. Hallelujah. Whatever's been locked up is going to pour out when the levee gates are open. I'm trying to tell somebody that God said, get ready. The floodgates are about to open, and I'm going to release unto you an anointing of abundance in your life. Somebody slap your neighbor high five and say, get ready. Your bank account is about to exceed, receive the abundance. Your children about to receive the abundance. Your life is about to receive the abundance. Grab somebody real hard and shake them like you're going to shake them out that blue chair and say, and your spirit is about to receive the abundance of his presence. He's going to overtake you. You ever heard the statement when the enemy comes in? Like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So you got to understand the history behind that text, Benaiah. The history behind that text, most people quote it wrong. They say, when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, no, no, no. It's where you put that comma. It's where you put that pause, Tarek, that makes the difference of the definition of the statement. The Bible says, what it says in the original language, when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will come and lift up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Because actually in the Bible, in the east, there is a gate called the standard gate. It's a literal gate called the standard gate. And what happened in the standard gate is they would set it up to protect or to fortify themselves when enemies came in to take over their territory. So when the enemies come in to take over their territory, they will pull the chain, lift up the standard gate which was a levee and it released water like a flood and it caused all the enemies that were coming in to drown so what the, all they had to do was raise the standard hey, all they had to do was raise the standard raise the standard and it would drown out the enemy raise the standard and it would drown out the devil raise the standard it would drown out the liar raise the standard it would drown out the gossiper you don't have to argue with people on social media just raise the standard if you raise the standard of what is holiness what is righteousness what is living right before God you don't have to fuss at nobody just raise the standard holler at your neighbor say raise the standard, raise the standard. 
He said, and I will flood the enemy out. I'll drown him out. Because it's the spirit of the Lord. He says, I'm going to loose the levees. Woo! I'm going to lose the levees, which means what's about to come in your life is going to come in like a flood. Y'all remember what happened in Katrina? Come on, here in the Gulf, the levee's about to break. And water's about to flood your life. Hallelujah. Blessings about to flood your life. Miracles about to flood your life. It's about to be a flood up in here. He said, I'm going to open the levees. And the gates shall not be shut. When I read that, if I could have did a somersault, I would have done it. I just rolled. He says, and the gates shall not be shut. I got a word for somebody here. The gates shall not be shut. What you've been looking for access to, God said the gates shall not be shut because I've anointed you uh, and the enemy can't stand you. He says I'm going to do something in your life. Where in my season and at my time I'm going to open up the gates and I will not allow them to be shut which means not only will it open and close real quick. Not only will it be just a door of opportunity which means the next flooding of blessings that God's about to give your life is going to be sustainable it's going to last it's going to be here perpetually it will not be shut I need you to go tell five people around you said the gates will not be shut 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 the gate come on tell somebody the gates to your business the gates will not be shut to your businesses the gates Sheila will not be shut come on Raquel the gates to your business will not be shut to everything that you put your hands to God said you've been looking for access you've been looking for open doors God says stop looking for open doors and in this season look for open gates he says I'm going to open up the gates and they will not be shut which means God says I'm opening up a gate that no man can close I'm going to open up something that nobody can hinder or stop or block that means to every blessing blocker that's been in your life eat your heart out because the gates will not be shut I'm not going to see some being blessed because you don't like me I'm not going to see some being blessed because you don't understand why God chose me I'm not going to see some being blessed because you don't understand it neither do you like it but there's a word over my life with 17 shout the gates will not be shut God the gates will not be shut the gates will not be shut come on prophesy to yourself and said the gates will not be shut it's going to open up unto me it's going to give me access the five screamers God said access granted to what you've been looking for access granted apply to the school apply for the job apply for the house go get the car because the gates will not be shut I'm not going to shut it up. I'm going to open it for you. Remember, he told Peter, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Which means he was saying, the gates of hell is not going to come attack you. But what I'm going to do is open up the gates and give you access to everything that's on the other side of the gate. To everything that's on the other side of this trial. To everything that's on the other side of this dilemma. The gate will not be shut. This is the part I like, verse 2. He says, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to make the crooked places straight. That go before you part excited me because... Where most of us miss it is we're in front of God. When you introduce words like before or after, when you introduce words like that, Tyreek, those words are words that are considerable of time, location, or position. Remember, God is not subject to time. We are. Time obeys God. So therefore, if he says, I go before you, what he's actually telling you is there's a timing to God. And many of us have missed it, not that we're doing the wrong thing, you're doing it in the wrong timing. The timing is off. And, and he says, I need to go before you. 
But if you go before God and talk about, come on, God, come on, God, let's go. That's the wrong way. Uh -uh, that's the wrong timing. You have to let God go before you and you get behind God. See, what's, what's, what we're asking is we're asking God to anoint our selection. We're asking God to anoint our direction. We're saying, God, I'm going here. Now come bless it. God, I choose this man. Now come bless him and make him my husband. God, I choose this job. Now come bless it and make it provide for me. God said, no, no, no. That's not how the way this works. You don't give me what you want and then tell me to bless it. He says, the design is I go before you. Which means I select it and you follow me. I choose it and you do what I say. And this season, don't submit to God what you want. Submit to God. Go before me and I got you. I'm right behind you. Which means God, I'm on your heels. Look at somebody like you got a real Brooklyn attitude and say, hey neighbor, I done messed up my life too much to be playing games. I tell him at this point in my life, I'm on God's heels. I'm on his heels. If he turn, I'm turning. If he moves, I'm moving. If he stop, I'm stopping. God, I'm on your heels. I'm on your heels. I'm on your heels, Lord. I, go before me. Go before me. I tried to lead my life. I tore that thing up. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, I tried to do it my own way. I jacked that thing up. Hallelujah. Would y'all tell the truth on communion Sunday? I tried to pick what I wanted. And it wasn't nothing but a headache. But God, go before me. He said, when I go before you, I'll make crooked places straight. <laughs> Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. When I go before you, whoa, I'm going to repave the curvy highway and I'm going to make it straight. God. He said, I'm repaving the road. If you let me go in front of you, what was a crooked path, I'm going to give you a straight path. High five your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor, get ready. God about to straighten all this mess out. He about to straighten up your job situation. He about to straighten up your money situation. You should have been further off in life by now. And God said, because I'm before you, I'm about to straighten this stuff out. I'm about to straighten this out. I'm about to straighten this out. Throw your hands up and say, God, straighten this out. Straighten this out. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. It's crooked. Hallelujah. He said, I'm making crooked paths. You know what blessed me about that, Minister Smith? Because the enemy knows where I'm going. That's why he can't stand me. Because Dale, the enemy is threatened by our potential. He's not threatened by what we have. He's threatened by what we're on our way to. He's threatened by where we're going. He's threatened by what we're going to become. So what he does is he puts things in front of us. And look at what the scripture says he put in front of us. Crooked. So there is already some crooked people in front of me. There's already some crooked places in front of me. There's already some jack leg folks who are going to try to pimp me out and try to pimp out my gift. But God said, if you let me go in front of you, I'll straighten out crooked people. I'll straighten out crooked relationships. I'll straighten out crooked deals. I won't even let you sign the contract if it's crooked. Because he says, I'm going before you and I'm straightening it out. Yes. Throw your hands and say, God, straighten it out. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. Does your life feel like you in zigzag? That's because you in front of God. And the path ain't straight. You got to make all these turns because you in front of God. If you let him get in front of you, he'll take all the turns out. Can I talk to somebody? He'll cut your learning curve. Oh, God. He'll, he'll cut your learning curve. What took th people three years to get, you're going to get it in three months. Because he says the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. I wish some mad students would come in here. I said, God says, I'm taking the crickets out. I'm taking the curves out. I'm taking the turns out of your walk. And I'm going to straighten it out. Which means you're going to get there quicker. Because God said, I'm straightening it out. I'm going to make the crooked places straight. I'm going to break in pieces the gates of brass. Brass, those of you who studied the tabernacle of the wilderness with me, brass is the material of judgment. Oh, God. 
It's the material of judgment. The posts and the pillars were made out of brass in the, in the tabernacle of, the, of wilderness because it symbolized judgment. It symbolized judgment. The, the, the brazen laver was made out of brass. It was made out of, it was made out of judgment. The, the burnt offering altar was made out of brass because it was the place of judgment where the animals were sacrificed and killed. But what God said in verse 2 is I'm going to break in pieces the gates of judgment. Which means that God says those of you who don't want to move forward because you are afraid of how you're going to be judged. God says I'm going to break judgment over you. And the way God breaks judgment over you is he puts judgment in you. Okay, some of you missed it. Well, in other words, he says, judge yourself lest you be judged. So the way that he breaks judgment over your life is he puts judgment in your life. He makes you self-checked so you don't have to be checked. Okay, I'm getting ready to go catch my flight in a few moments and I already got TSA pre-check. Because I got pre-check, I don't have to wait in the line. I ain't got to take my shoes off, my belt off. I ain't got to take my laptop out of my bag because I've already been pre-checked, which means they already know who I am. I'm here to tell somebody when you get to the gate you've already been pre-checked they ain't got to check you out but God said you already bear fruit I already know your name I already knew who you are watch this but you got to consistently check yourself and the reason why most men fall hard is because while they were climbing they didn't check their own attitude they didn't check their own disposition you didn't check your own character can I talk to y'all like I feel it in Brooklyn you got to tell yourself off when you know you nasty. You got to be able to check yourself and say, shut your stupid mouth. Y'all don't talk to yourself like that. I do. Sit your behind down. Come on here. Act like you deserve it. You don't deserve nothing. Come on. Whenever you have the spirit of entitlement, you got to learn how to tell yourself off. High five your neighbors and get used to telling yourself off. That's why you need to be told off. Because you don't tell yourself off enough. You got to be self-checked. If you're self-checked, God said, I'll break the gates of brass. Which means everything that people want to say about you. Honey, you ain't saying nothing new. I told myself off about that the other day. Come on here. You ain't saying nothing. I know I need to get that together. You pull the sting out of your judges. It doesn't affect you when you say, yeah, I know I need to be delivered right there. You ain't say, that ain't a secret. I need deliverance right there. Whatever you said, amen. Thank you. Confirmation. Said it this morning. See, see, but you don't check yourself. You think you're excellent. You think you're altogether lovely. You think you're better than sliced bread. Come on here. But when you get to yourself and look in the mirror and say, you are a filthy rag in the sight of God. When you look at yourself and say, you don't deserve none of this. But God anointed you because he loved you. He anointed you and used you because of his love towards you. He thought you were valuable when you were worth nothing. It's not self-condemning. It's humility. And saying, I'm self-checked. I'm going to not allow the gates of brass to prevail, Harry Shaw. I'm going to cut in some of the bars of iron. Now, the reason why he said that for Cyrus, he said, I'm going to cut asunder the bars of iron. There is nothing tougher than iron. He said, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut up the tough stuff. The things in your life that's tough, that's really too difficult to handle. God said, I'm going to cut up the tough stuff. Get ready for the Lord to deal with the tough stuff. That's the unmentionables. That's the stuff you don't want to talk about. That's the stuff that you don't want to deal with. That's the stuff you said you deal with, but the reality is you didn't deal with it. You just packed it away and tucked it away somewhere in your heart and hid it away that you don't want to deal with it. God said, no, no, no. I'm going to take those things, bars of iron, and I'm going to cut it asunder. I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to deal with it and break it down in your life because I have anointed you and I have an assignment on your life. Part I like it here is verse 3. This is my text. I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness. 
I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness. Now, this statement, I got to go, is almost oxymoronic because how are there treasures in dark places? God, 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 how are there treasures in dark places? Anybody ever been in a dark place? Tell the truth on Sunday. I'm talking about depressed. I'm talking about your depressed was depressed. You felt down. You felt out of it. You felt not included. You just felt the worst. You didn't feel like living. You didn't feel like bathing. You didn't feel like going out. You didn't feel like doing anything. All you wanted to do was just lay there. If you could sleep life away, you would do it. Come on here. If you can just get relief from pressure and pain. Have you ever been so depressed that you wish you could turn your mind off but your mind never turns off you keep thinking you don't even sleep well because your mind is still going he says there there is a treasure in that dark place I, I said God how how is that treasure in dark places how is that treasure in depressed places how is that treasure well anybody ever go through something I'm talking about you're going through wasn't just going through it was hell Hades Gehenna it was Sheol all at the same time it was the lake of fire and the bottomless pit all at the same time have you ever been going through and got bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news and you was like God come on save some trial and tribulation for some other people why do I have to take all of it come on my next door neighbor is lacking they need something God give them some of this stuff have you ever just tried to pray some stuff off and it goes absolutely nowhere and so you thought your anointing was questioned you thought your salvation was questioned because God how can I be anointed how can I be saved and redeemed and this thing won't shake it won't break off me because God said I put you in it Because there are treasures <laughs> in darkness. Now, here's the thing about darkness. Darkness. Here's my thing. Gotta go. Here's the thing about darkness. Darkness is not a thing. When you ask scientists and engineers, darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the description of the absence of a thing. You can't. Darkness is the description of the absence of a thing. It itself is not a thing. It can be measured. It's not quantifiable. But the thing that is absent is quantifiable and measurable. Like light is a thing. Light can be measured. Light can go in wattages and voltages. And it can have sunlight. And it can have daylight. And it can have a, a bulb light. And or fog lights. And all kinds of light. It can be measured. But when you take light away, then you have darkness. Watch this, y'all. And what God says is, I'm taking you through a season where you're experiencing the absence of a thing. I'm going to show you how to make it when the thing you need is not there. I'm going to show you how to survive when you're absent from the very thing that you need in order to get there. Sharina, can I talk to you? Come on, the reality is God says, I will take the light away because remember, he is the light. So he will remove himself out of the way to show you how to make it in darkness. So the treasure of darkness is not what you lack. It's what you learn. I gotta help somebody in here. The treasure of darkness is not what I'm lacking. It's what I'm learning. I'm learning something in this dark season that I would have never known with the lights on. I would have never known God if the lights had been on. And he says now he's teaching me something that I would have never learned with all the lights on. So he sets me up, Sydney, and he tells me he's going to make crooked places straight. He's going to break brasses and irons. He's going to destroy all this stuff. He's anointing me. He's going to use me. And then he puts me in darkness. 
and said that's where the treasures are God how am I going to get all that you just said he says the way you're going to get it is you're going to learn me in darkness you're going to learn me in the most miserable season of your life you're going to learn me when you're going through hell and high water when you ain't got enough money to pay your bills you're going to learn me in order to embrace what I prophesied you must embrace what I'm processing in order to embrace what I spoke you got to embrace where I'm taking you and I'm going to take you through darkness. And while we want to testify, Sister Stephanie, about what we received when we came out, the real testimony is what we got while we were in it. I didn't get this power when y'all saw me in the light. I got this power somewhere in my bedroom, somewhere in darkness, somewhere in misery, somewhere in depression. I got birthed an anointing. somewhere in a dark season of my life that God birthed the oil on my life. I didn't get this when y'all saw me. I got it when you didn't see me. I got oil when I was crying. I got oil when I was getting ready to call it quits. I got oil when it felt like God wouldn't come through for me. That's where the treasure that's where the treasure that's where the treasure you can't see he can't see but where I'm trying to get you is where the keyboard is Trying to get you where the keyboard is. So you got to take from where you were before it got dark. You got to know where you were. See, that's why, y'all, you got to know where you are before it gets dark. You got to know where your footing is. You got to know where your joy is. You got to know where your salvation comes from. Because when it gets dark, all that stuff is going to be questionable. All that stuff is going to come into a questionable place. You got to know who you are before you go through. So you got to know where you stand now. Because when it gets dark, all of that is going to be questionable. You don't know who's around you. You don't know why they're there. You don't know what they're going to do to you. You don't know what this demonstration means. Watch this. And I put Serena in darkness with something over her eyes just to show y'all something. Could it be that I'm in darkness just to be an example and a testimony to other people is that this is how you make it in darkness. Am I just to be an example of what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to act when you're going through a dark season? Slap somebody and say, God called me to be the example. This is how you act when you're going through. I know you couldn't tell I was going through in my finances, but I've been in darkness and finances for the last six months. But you didn't know it because I'm showing you how to go through. Even when you're in darkness, I'm developing treasures. So, Serena, you got know where you are and get to the keyboard. Go ahead. Get to the keyboard. You got to get to the keyboard. She knew there was something there. She got to get to the keyboard. And she's got to walk by faith. She's got to make it. Don't. She's got to make it by faith. Nobody can pull the blindfold off of her. She's got to make it herself. She's got to get there by herself. There's some, and she got it. I wish y'all would praise him. I wish. I know I said I wish y'all would praise him because what you don't understand is through that demonstration she just prophesied to you that even with a blindfold on your eyes you're going to make it. Even with a blindfold on you you can't see your way out. You can't see your way through but you're going to make it. You know where you are. You know where you're trying to get to. Touch somebody and tell them I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I learned something in darkness that I never got anywhere else. I wish you would shout in this house.
Watch this now. Watch this now. She had to learn her way while in a dark place. She had to learn her way while in a dark place. You're going to have to figure your way through in a dark place. Let me help some of you. And he ain't pulling scales off your eyes. He ain't pulling the blindfold off. Feel your way through it. 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 This ain't a classroom for a bunch of elementaries. This is a classroom for higher education. This is the school of hard knocks. In this season, God said, well, all you're going to have to do is remember verse number one. I'm holding you by my right hand. And you're going to have to let me lead you. You're going to have to trust me when you can't trace me. You're going to have to walk when you cannot see your way through. You're going to have to learn that in darkness, I'm developing your prayer life. In darkness, I'm developing your worship in darkness I'm developing your tongues your character is being perfected he said I will perfect that which concerns you and it's gonna happen in darkness I need about 17 people who's in a dark place right now open up your mouth lift up your hands and worship him even in the dark I said worship him even in the dark even in the dark, even in the dark, it's dark, but I'm moving. It's dark, but I'm going. It's dark, but you're developing my character. You're developing my attitude. You're getting rid of insecurities. You're building my confidence. It's dark outside. I don't know what you're doing, God, but you're making me perfect. You're maturing me. Somebody lift up your hands, open up your mouth. He's developing you. Treasure, treasure, treasures. Grab the treasure, 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 grab the treasures. Stop complaining about the pain. Grab the treasure. Stop complaining about how dark it is. Grab the treasures. There's treasures in this. Another bad doctor's report. Grab the treasure. Grab the treasure. Another denial. Another answer no. God said grab the treasure. I'm giving you something in this dark season. You're going to have to learn how to make it. gonna have to learn guard like you never knew him before that is your treasure what he was telling Cyrus was I want you to take over Babylon at night in other words you ain't gonna win this battle in daylight you're gonna win it at night with no lights on you're gonna have to make it in darkness but this is the part I like, and I'm through. He says to him, he says, I will give you treasures in darkness. But he said, and hidden riches in secret places. Hey, Jesus. Play something softly. He said, there's hidden riches in secret places. Which means if it's dark and I can't see, in the darkness is treasures and hidden riches. But if it's dark and I can't see, how am I going to get it? How can I get, because I can't see. I don't know where I'm going. I know who I am. And I know who's leading me, but I can't see. How can I get it? And right there is what limits most of you. You think you can't get it if you can't see it. We can't see how we are where we are, and we can get there. I just don't see how I'm going to get there. From here, I can't see it. Because God says, you're trying to see it. 
and I'm trying to put you in darkness. And the more you try to use your eyes, the darker God will make it. He said, because what you're about to get will not be obtained by natural means. You're just going to have to know his voice. You're just going to have to know his voice. But they're hidden. They're hidden in secret places. How am I going to get it? Because what's going to happen is you're going to bump into what's for you. Because if you can't see in this dark, the only way you're going to get it is if you stumble on it. Can I prophesy this over everybody in this room? You about to stumble over what's for you. What people did intentionally, you're going to get by mistake. <sighs> what everybody went out to get on purpose, you're going to just stumble and meet somebody at lunch. You're going you're gonna to be mad at God and mad at life and decide to go to Starbucks and get a macchiato and just sit there. And who you need is going to be sitting right there. Uh, I'm trying to tell you, you're going to stumble on it. You're going you're gonna to stumble on it. You're going you're gonna to go to a meeting that's not even for you. You're going to go support somebody else. And while you're supporting them, they're going to say, but who are you? I need to know your number. I need to know your name. He said, what's about to happen? You're going to stumble over. You're not supposed to see it. You're supposed to run into it. You're not supposed to see it. You're supposed to run into 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 it and not even know that it was right there in front of you. It's secrets in hidden places. But God knows where the treasures are. Kiana, I'm trying to tell y'all, he knows where the treasures are. He knows where the treasures are. He told, the disciples told Jesus, said, Jesus, we need money to pay our taxes. We got to pay our taxes, Jesus. He said, uh, uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the pond, and I want you to put your hook in the pond, and I want you to pull out the fish, and the fish that comes up is going to have some money in its mouth. Take the money and pay your, ta pay your taxes and pay my taxes too. In other words, what he was telling them was, I know where the treasures are. He told him to go to a certain pond and he said, pull out the first fish, which means you don't need a whole bunch of fish. You just need one fish. Hey, who am I talking to today? I said, you don't need a whole bunch of people in this season. You just need the right person. You just need the right individual because the right individual in its mouth got the money you need. You know, actually what the fish was, it was a clam and inside the clam was a pearl. He told him to take the pearl, go liquidate it. He was teaching him how to do the stock market. Go liquidate the pearl, make money off of it. Pay your taxes and mine and you still got money left over which means you don't need everybody. You just need God to lead you to the right fish, to the right pond, to the right person and all it gotta do is open its mouth. God! I'll walk in darkness. I'll worship in darkness. I'll praise you in darkness. I can't see my way but you know where the treasures are. I need you to open up your mouth. Lift up your hands in this room right now. If you know how to worship in a dark place. If you if you know my soul, if you know I had to press my way with tears running down my face, not knowing what God is doing, not knowing how God's going to deliver, but I learned how to speak to my soul and said, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Anybody in this room had to learn how to speak to your soul. I had to speak to my 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 soul and said, Soul, magnify the Lord. It's dark. I can't see it. But I know there are treasures in here somewhere. There are treasures in here somewhere. I need some worshipers. I need some people of God. 
open up your mouth in this room. There's treasures in here somewhere. You're going through. You've been going through for the last six months. But there's treasures in here somewhere. There are treasures in here. There are treasures in here. There are treasures in here. You're in and out of the hospital. But there are treasures in here. Your family is going through. But there are treasures in here. Your children are going through. But there are treasures in here. Your body is afflicted. But there are treasures. There are treasures in a dark place. There are treasures. There are treasures when you don't know what God is doing. When you don't know where he's taking you. You got to learn to worship. You got to learn to worship. You got to learn to worship. You got to learn him in a dark place. He said, I got another glory for you. I got a new anointing for you. I got treasures for you. But what are you going to do? you would open up your mouth I wish you would bless him in this room come on y'all take the liberty take the liberty and bless him and bless him and bless him I hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did I would love for you to do two things one subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages also if this message has impacted you You can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crowd Ministries Podcast.